All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 15 of the Flashpoint Podcast. My name is Owen Higgins. I am your host. Thank you for being here. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about Brazilian politics, uh, specifically David Miranda and Glenn Greenwald, Ciro Gomes, and uh, Lula and Bolsonaro. And to talk about that, I am joined by Brian Meyer. He is the editor of Brazil Wire, Brazil correspondent for Telesur, and analyst for Brazil 24-7, and he's been living in Brazil for 26 years. Brian, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, so, uh, can you kind of break down what happened over the weekend with David Miranda and uh, the uh, PSOL and PDT and kind of explain those two parties to us, please? Sure. Uh, David Miranda was a member of the MES, M-E-S, internal tendency of PSOL party, which is the Socialist and Liberty Party, <clears throat> which is a small party, which bills itself as being vanguard leftist with a lot of arguing internal tendencies. Some of them are Trotskyists, but split off from the PT in 2005. And since the 2006 presidential election hasn't got more than about 1.5% of the vote in any presidential election. Um, historically, it's voted in alignment with the Workers' Party about 95% of the time in Congress, although many of its members uh, personally are very anti-PT. It's Historically, it's a bourgeois party, unlike the PT or even the PDT or the PCDB, the Brazilian Communist Party, it's not connected to any labor union federation. And it has one affiliated working class social movement, which is the MTST from Sao Paulo. Um, David Miranda announced he was leaving after months of public support for Ciro Gomez from his husband, Glenn, uh, which de facto implies that Glenn is supporting Ciro Gomez in this election, which is what everyone in Brazil believes anyway. Um, he announced that he's leaving the party. He's migrating to Ciro Gomez's party, the PDT, and he attacked the PT party. He said his reason for leaving is that he's against PSOL aligning with PT and supporting Lula in the presidential election. So I tweeted about it. And I admit, I, I you know, you're, you're trying to crunch things down into space. And I probably semantically made an error in that I said, um, Greenwald's husband, Congressman David Miranda, has left his soul for the ideologically incoherent PDT, a party of loosely connected local power coalitions, ranging from center right to center left. I'll get into this point in a second. I said he attacked Lula and announced he and Glenn will support Ciro Gomez for president. Because of this latter sentence, which I admit I should have worded it as, he announced he will join Glenn supporting Ciro Gomez for president, or that he announced that, like Glenn, he will support Ciro Gomez for president. Um, Glenn has called me a pathological liar, a piece of shit, and some other things online. He's getting very explosive and saying that I don't know anything about the PDT party. So what I'd like to do is give a background to the PDT party now, if I can. Yeah, please. This is a party that, it's a party that Ciro Gomez only joined in 2015. It's actually his sixth or seventh political party. He's been in both left and right wing parties over the years. The first party he was aligned with 
was PDS, which was the ARENA, official government party of the military dictatorship in 1982 and 1983, while the dictatorship was still going on. Then he joined the right-wing Keynesian PMDB, which was the only official opposition party allowed by the dictatorship. He remained there until 1990. Then he joined Fernand neoliberal Clintonian Fernando Henrique Cardoso's PSDB party from 1990 to 1997. He joined PPS, which at the time was left. <clears throat> it's now a third-way party, which changed its name to Cidadania. Then he joined the center-left socialist party, PSB, for about eight years, joined a centrist party called PROS for two years, and he aligned with PDT from 2015 to the present. PDT was founded by a legend of the Brazilian left from the pre-dictatorship era named Lionel Brizola, who was married to the sister of the last uh, president who was deposed before the coup of 1964, Django Goulart. During the 60s, Philip Adji's CIA diaries mentions that, uh, that Brizola was the most wanted man by the CIA in Latin America for a while. Upon, when the government opened back up and he was allowed to return from exile to Brazil, he tried to name a party after Getulio Vargas's PTB, but it was stolen by some people on the right. So he created this PDT party, Democratic Labor Party, which essentially is a, was at the time a technocratic Keynesian developmentalist center-left party um, you know, which had an alignment with one of the inter-syndical or labor union federations called Forza, uh, uh, Forza, hold on, I'm drawing a blank, but I'll, I'll remember it later. The second biggest one after Kut, uh, nicknamed A Forza for short. Um, what happened, though, is that, Forza Syndical, I'm sorry. What happened is that um, over the years, this party just kind of degenerated into a series of loosely based um, coalitions of local political power bases, many which go back hundreds of years. Remembering that for hundreds of years, many of these regional centers in Brazil had more direct contact with Portugal than they did with other cities in Brazil due to the lack of roads and things like that. Uh, I first came in contact with the PDT in 1991 when I was living in São Luís Maranhão, and the mayor was a guy named Jackson Lago, who was friends of Fidel Castro. He set up a really good public health system. And uh, he became governor briefly and was impeached in a kind of coup around 2010. And I had a good impression of them at the time, but then I began to realize that in other states, the organizations are ideologically completely different. For example, um, one of Brizola's protégés is a prosperity gospel preacher called Anthony Garocinho, who became governor of Rio de Janeiro as uh, PD, representing PDT. And he committed all kinds of atrocities with his military police. And I remember him because I've been living in Brazil 26 years, holding a party in the governor's mansion to celebrate the first hundred kills of his military police. Later, midterm, he switched to the PSB, another center-left party that's ideologically incoherent, um, which Ciro Gomez was also a part of for a while. And as after Brazola died in the early 2000s, the party became more and more fragmented so that in some states, the PDT was aligned with the Lula administration. 
regionally and locally in other states it was aligned with right-wing parties. And so when the time came for the impeachment vote in 2016, um, they were unable to maintain party discipline. And 30% of the federal, uh, federal Congress people voted in favor of the right-wing coup against Dilma Rousseff. And then in 2019, when it came time to vote on Bolsonaro's deep neoliberal austerity cuts to the retirement system, um, the real left-wing parties in Brazil, which are the P PSOL, PT, and PCdoB, the Communist Party of Brazil, 100% uh, of their Congress people voted against these retirement reforms. But once again, 30% of the PDT Congress people voted in favor of these neoliberal reforms. That's why I call them ideologically incoherent. They're unable to maintain party discipline. Let me let me let you me know? ask you a question of that, uh, about that real quick, um, which is that you know you're describing Cyril Gomes uh, bouncing from party to party, and you're describing. Uh, PDT as being ideologically incoherent, um, but is it is it so much that that that's uh, a different thing, or or I mean, do, do politics kind of flow in and out and into you know p people have different ideologies in different parties at different times, or is this a situation where uh, where where most parties have an ideological position that they stick to, and then there are parties like PDT which are just kind of incoherent. And if that's the case, then why do you think that uh, Miranda is joining this party and leaving PSOL behind? Okay, no, some parties have more party discipline than others. I mean, I would, I would argue that the U.S. Democratic Party doesn't have very good party discipline because there's always a Joe Lieberman popping up, you know, but um, and blocking any kind of initiative to benefit the working class. Uh, Right-wing parties vote almost always together in a block. On the left, the PSOL, PT, and PCDB all have maintained party discipline really well. They always, always vote together in a block on the same initiatives, and PDT doesn't. You know, So I'm not saying their situation is unique at all. And I would say that they're better, they're more left in terms of congressional voting record than another party that's considered center left that's probably entering into coalition with the Lula uh, platform, which is the PSB, uh, which Gomez was also part of. Um, what was your question about Ciro Gomez again? I'm sorry. I wasn't really asking about him. I was just using him as an example of somebody bouncing around from party to party, because I know that in one of your tweets, you said that um, people in Brazil kind of, uh, you know, you know, there's opportunism. Yeah, yeah, they don't view that very well, and maybe that's why he's uh, polling at 4%. I mean, um, and I know that we have Glenn on the, on the yeah, line. I think I'll get to you in a second, a but, but I just want to finish this real quick here, which is, you know, if you can just kind of explain that sense of opportunism and, and also why, um, why Miranda's move could be seen as this or maybe is being seen like this uh, in Brazil. Yeah, I believe it's a move, personally, that it's a move of opportunism. I think he's switching to um, uh, Ciro Gomez's current party of the day because he wants to support the campaign. And uh, I view this campaign with a lot of skepticism, even though if you look at Gomez's political record, which spans left and right wing parties, 
with a few exceptions to some really neoliberal stuff he did in the 90s, he's been pretty consistently what you could call like a petite bourgeois nationalist. I mean, he's he's making some promises like renationalizing the state petroleum company that are consistent with at least the last 20 years of his political career. The problem is that he's like an Elizabeth Warren candidate in that he's being used to divide the left clearly and push the election to the second round. And he's even admitted so in interviews that he's, you know, the, the president of PDT recently said he's hoping that the second round would be between Ciro and Ciro Gomez and Lula. Got it. Well, um, I'm going to invite Glenn in here now. Um, and Michael, I know that you're the next caller, but uh, because we have been talking about Glenn, I think it's only fair to kind of let him skip ahead here and, and talk a little bit with us. Um, so I'm going to make Glenn. Here we go. And, and just have, you know, just have, Glenn, you want to just kind of say your piece here and, and, and your response. And for anybody, uh, sorry, for anybody who's listening on the app, you know, you're seeing my icon talk. That's because uh, Brian is joining me through Google Meet. So uh, we don't have a separate icon for him. So, all right, Glenn, please go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Owen. Um, so I do want to address several of the kind of substantive political points about PDT and also about PT. Because the idea of accusing other parties of being ideologically incoherent when Lula is about to choose as his vice presidential running mate a longtime pro-austerity, pro-banker, center-right neoliberal named Geraldo Alckman, who not only has been the arch nemesis of PT for the last 30 years, who PT has spent 30 years claiming wants to kill poor people by stealing their social programs. But he also, unlike Ciro, who was one of the leading opponents of the attempt to impeach Dilma in 2016, Alkman was a leading proponent of impeaching Dilma, which, according to PT, was a coup. That that is actually a coup. And so Lula is about to install into the second most powerful office in the country, a center-right pro-banker austerity advocate who, according to PT, supported a coup, a coup five years ago that not only did Ciro oppose, but that I created the Intercept Brazil in order to oppose. That's ideological inconsistency. But I want to just ask you, Brian, because the, before we get into the substance, I do just want to clarify the, the, the claim you made about me. Because you, you know, reference the harsh language that I used. And I admit, I do get angry when people falsely represent my beliefs. I try and be very careful and meticulous about expressing my views as they actually exist. So the tweet that you posted, which went, I wouldn't say viral, but it has 300 retweets, 1,200 likes. It formed what a lot of people on the American left believe about my husband's announcement. You said Greenwald's husband, Congressman David Miranda, has left PSOL and announced that he and Glenn will support Ciro Gomez for president. Now, I realize that you then, at the beginning of what you said, acknowledged, I think you called it like a poor choice of words. To me, it seems like a total fabrication. Like David didn't mention anything in his letter about who I'm supporting for president. Why would he? He didn't even allude to that. So I'd like to know where you got that. 
And then also this claim that you're making that, oh, okay, well, maybe David didn't announce that Glenn's supporting Ciro, even though I tweeted that and I've left this tweet up, even though I acknowledge it's false. But everyone knows that Glenn is really supporting Ciro. Where do you get that from? Where am I? How am I supporting Ciro? I do want to talk about my relationship with PT, which has been very close. My relationship with Dillman, Lula, very personal, very close, very supportive over the years. So where do you, why did you say that in that tweet that David announced this? And where do you get the idea that I'm supporting Ciro from? All right, Brian, you want to respond to that? Brian, are you there? Uh, hold on one second. I think we might have lost Brian here. That's very disappointing, especially when we were just getting into it here. Brian, are you there? Sorry, okay. My, I was right. on mute. Can you hear me? I got you, yep. First of all, Glenn, let me just say this. Um, I'm not a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. I live in a favela. I make about $1,000 a month. I've been in Brazil 26 years, closely following Ciro Gomez's career and the PT's career. And the reason I say that you're supporting Ciro, you just exemplified it. You just repeated one of his campaign talking points about Lula. And you're wait, doing this you, constantly. You've been doing can this you, for months. Can you just address the point one of about his campaign? Wait, the claim, I, can I am very polite. Okay, guys, 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 let's... let's Let's yeah. do this, okay? Let's have Brian speak his piece, yeah. Glenn. And All then, right, when, he's, and then when he's done, right. we'll let you okay, speak. Fair okay, fair enough. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Look, I very humbly you know, allowed you to speak your point. That's one of Ciro's talking points. Now, there's also information that um, regardless of how bad Alkman is, re- let's remember that Ciro Gomez was in his party for seven years. Ciro was a member of his party. All right? And Alkman has left the PSDB, and he's probably aligning with another one of Ciro's former parties, the PSB. So instead of looking at candidacies in an individualist basis, I look at them structurally. Structurally, the PD, I don't have that much of a problem with Ciro. You know, the problem is his party is structurally ideologically incoherent. They were unable to maintain party discipline during the impeachment. So Syria has joined a party of which 30% of its federal Congress people voted in favor of the coup. Do you not believe it's a coup? You say the PT called it a coup? I, I call it a coup, and I'm not a member of the PT party. Yeah, so do I. So do but I. Regarding the semantics, of my, the semantics of my tweet, in the, in the vice regardless once again, I'm trying to talk, but I thought, oh, I thought you asked it's me a hard, question. You know? I thought you asked me. It's if I hard. I haven't finished talking yet. I'm just trying to answer your points. All right, I thought so you if asked you let me, me a please question. Continue. Okay, okay, Brian, go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've lost my train of thought. That's a uh, a right wing tactic to interrupt people when they're talking. You asked me debates, a question, Brian. News. Okay, let's like let's news. let's let's try yet. let's I try to stay on the issue here, guys. All of your questions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay, let's um, let's let's go back, back. to let's the see. point, though. You yeah. know, like Lula, the reason Lula is contemplating um, choosing uh, Geraldo Alckmin as a as a running mate, it's a tactic to take control of the São Paulo governorship, which would give the PT the control of the two largest governments in Brazil, and probable control of Rio de Janeiro with Marcelo Freixo. That's the tactic behind it. Having um, Geraldo Alckmin, an enemy close to you in the vice presidential position, tactically, from their point of view, 
is better than having him as governor of Sao Paulo in charge of the military police, knowing his horrible record on that. You know, as far as the semantics of my tweet, I apologize to you online. If you had just messaged me or sent me an email, I would have reworded it. You know, unfortunately, you can't edit on on Twitter. I should have said he's joined Glenn in supporting Ciro Gomez for president. You know, I apologize for that. I admit. I'll go, now, you calling me a pathological liar, knowing that I'm a very low-paid journalist who, may, who supports his family off of this stuff, I think is a much graver offense than miswording a tweet. You know, you're a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. You're calling another journalist a pathological liar. Yeah, Glenn, you want to respond to and that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I, th- I, think, I, think, I, think, I think Glenn should, Glenn should have the, the Yes, yeah, I'm happy to. Brazil Wire has lied about me constantly. But, you know, if you're, I, I, it's amazing that you're simultaneously acknowledging that you made a false claim about me and then playing the victim because I objected. It is a serious thing, Brian, to claim that as a journalist, I'm supporting a candidate that I'm actually not supporting. And even worse, to claim that my husband announced my support for that candidate. Like, if, you, if I were to make a mistake like that in making a claim about somebody that went viral, I would go and apologize and delete the tweet and retract it and explain what I meant to say, not attack the person who you just made a false claim about for objecting. Like, the fact that you, you live in a certain place or make a certain income doesn't justify your posting a tweet that a lot of people believed that my husband announced that I was supporting Ciro Gomez. I don't support Ciro Gomez. So it's just not true. The entire tweet about me is false. And the only reason this tweet got attention is because of the claim that you made about who I was supporting, that I'm supporting this like centrist neoliberal instead of this wonderful leftist. None of that is true. I'm not supporting Ciro. That's the first thing. The second thing is I just wanted, this is the point that I want to just convey more than anything else. There is this massive misconception about who Lula is and what PT is among parts of the American left that don't pay much attention to Brazil. The party that my husband was in is called PSOL. PSOL was created in 2004 when Lula was president in his first year of of his presidency. PSOL was a party created by former members of PT who quit PT in protest of, of Lula's neoliberalism. They argued that that Lula was imposing all kinds of austerity measures on retirement benefits that bankers had long wanted, that he had given up his left-wing roots, that there was nothing socialist about his party. They also objected to corruption scandals that were plaguing uh, PT. So PSOL was a party formed to oppose Lula and PT from the left. There's an enormous amount of opposition to Lula and PT from the left. And the re- and, and David's party has never supported PT or PSOL in any election in the first round. So the whole idea that David left PSOL and now he, it means he's not supporting Lula is completely false. PSOL was created to be an opposition party to PT from the left. It was never part of PT's government. It was always um, opposing PT from the left. And Ciro, aside from the fact that, like I said, he opposed impeachment of Dilma while Lula's new friends, including the person he's about to make vice president of the country, supported impeachment, Lula's, Ciro's criticism of Lula is also from the left. 
there's a an article that anyone who's interested should go read in Carta Capital, which is a longtime leftist magazine. It happens to be where I work as a columnist. Ciro also is a columnist for Carta Capital. The last article that Ciro published was in December of last year. And the headline was 13 years of PT in power did not result in any progressive advancements. And then the subheadline is there's no project that PT is presenting because PT has delivered the country to the forces of international capital and finance. That's Ciro's critique of Lula, just like my husband's old party critiqued Lula from the left as being too much of a neoliberal, as having tried to please international capital. Lula did a lot for the poor during his time in office, but the rich also got richer and inequality continued to be very severe. And Ciro is running on a platform of alleviating inequality. And my husband, who grew up as an orphan in one of Rio's worst favelas, only has one issue, and that issue is inequality. And that's why he left his party, because they're about to support Lula instead of Ciro, who my husband believes, especially with Geraldo Alckmin about to be on the ticket, is going to be a more left-wing candidate than Lula. Now, you can disagree with that, but claiming that he gave up his socialist roots or he moved to the right is absolutely false. As he made clear in his letter, he was doing it because he thinks Lula is too much of a neoliberal and too closely tied to the finance industry to do anything about inequality. You know, uh, let me just jump in here real quick just before Brian responds. I just want to say, I I just want to make one note, which is that, Glenn, I understand that, um, I understand your complaint about the tweet, but I think that, you know, one of the reasons that, uh, you know, it, it went viral and people paid attention to it as well is that your husband is a public figure and he's pretty well known in the U.S. And so him making a political change like this is something that people in the U.S. are also interested in. I don't think it's 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 solely uh, because of your support of Ciro. Owen, Owen, you really think there's a lot of interest in, 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 in the political career of a single Brazilian congressman? absent the fact that he's married to me in the United States. You really are going to say that there's like a separate interest in David's I mean, maybe, medical path. May, I mean, maybe it is all about you, but, but, you know, I think that I find Brazilian politics interesting and I find your husband's politics interesting. And I was certainly interested in this story before, you know, I really had any idea about your position on Ciro or Lula, which I hadn't really been following. But anyway, Brian, uh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Glenn, I think it's hilarious. You say my tweet didn't viralize, but then you said it viralized, and you insist that you're not supporting Ciro, but you're using up all of this time to just repeat all of his talking points, which most people don't believe. That's why he's polling at 4%. Remember that the most neoliberal anti-inflationary program ever implemented in Latin America during the crises of the 1990s in countries like Peru, Mexico, and Brazil was the Real Plan, which developed which gave Brazil the world's highest interest rates. For years, Brazil was in the Guinness Book of World Records for highest interest rates. That's a principle of neoliberalism. And the architect of that plan was Ciro Gomes. Well, he was in Fernando Henrique Cardoso's PSDB party as finance minister in the right wing at the Mar Franco administration. You know, so Ciro can say whatever he wants. People don't usually listen to it. This is a fairy tale about the founding of the PESOL. I lived in Brazil when the PESOL was founded, when the PT kicked out many of its Trotskyists for siding on a retirement form reform package 
that penalized some of the richest government workers who had retirement pensions higher than their salaries while bringing in tens of millions of rural informal sector workers into the retirement program. And this, in a study by IPEA, was the second biggest factor in lifting 40 million people above poverty during the Lula government after his massive minimum wage rises, which minimum wage suppression being another pillar, key tenant of neoliberalism, with the Bolsa Familia program a distant, distant third in terms of not just reducing poverty, but inequality, because Brazil had record levels of inequality reduction measured by the Gini coefficient during the PT years. So this stuff you're rehashing from the, the Pessoa's Trotskyist creation myth and uh, the hot wind, the hot air that Ciro is blustering about, about what he would do if he was elected with a coalition made up of 30% of the congressmen in his own party are snakes. It's hard, you know, it's hard to believe you when you say that you're not supporting Ciro. And none of your recent comments about your attacks on the PT, your misleading information about the PT, your misleading information about Ciro doesn't sustain this argument that you're not supporting him. First of all, you just got done saying that this critique is a critique of PSOL, a socialist party from the left. And so the fact that I share PSOL... I said both. I said both PSOL and Ciro. I thought... Are we going to have an exchange, or are we going to talk over me? I thought that yeah, was let's, right let's, let us let's let let Glenn respond, Brian, please. Yeah, I mean that was a weird right wing tactic to interrupt me while I was talking. So this this is a critique that a huge number of people on the left point have. taken, Glenn. Again, what are you doing? Okay, guys, guys, guys. Let's 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 try to be adults here. All right, Glenn, please go ahead. So the reason that there is a left wing opposition to Lula and PT of which my husband was a part as part of that party is precisely because this partnership that Lula has with the bankers, with the oligarchs of Brazil, as represented by his choice of Geraldo Alckmin as his vice president, that's all but finalized, is because Lula has governed as a neoliberal. He's way more like Chuck Schumer than he is like Jeremy Corbyn or Evo Morales or even Bernie Sanders. And the odd part of what Brian said is he accused my husband when you asked him, Owen, of why he thinks David decided to switch parties. Brian said, I think it's opportunism. And then he quickly added, because he believes in Ciro's program. If it's true that Ciro is some loser, fringe politician that's only polling at 3%, and that's a complete exaggeration, Ciro got 13% when he ran in 2018. He's usually at 8 or 10% in most polls. There was one poll that came out at 3%, but let's say that he is at 3%. Let's say that he's a total loser. How is it opportunism to go from supporting the most popular candidate, which is clearly Lula, to supporting a candidate that Brian himself says... Nobody believes in. Why would that be opportunism? That's the opposite of opportunism. David left because he doesn't want to be part of a party that is subservient to a politician that he believes has governed as a neoliberal. And, you know, there is all kinds of, I I mean, again, I am not a hater of PT. I almost went to prison in 2020 in order to do reporting that got Lula out of jail. Lula wrote me a letter In 2020, the last letter that he chose to write before he was finally released from prison because of my reporting, 
saying that he is so grateful to the service that I performed for Brazilian democracy, that he regards me as one of his closest friends, that he has eternal solidarity for me. I am not an enemy of PT. I created the Intercept Brazil in 2016 because there were no media outlets opposing what I do regard as a coup. And this is why, Brian, I'm so horrified by the idea that Lula is going to pick one of the leaders of that coup. This is not a coup from 35 years ago or even 15 years ago. We're talking about 2016 when Geraldo Alckman and his party led an attempt to remove Dilma from office because they didn't like the outcome of the 2014 election. And they installed in her place this incredibly corrupt, old, austerity-imposing scumbag who proceeded to reform, quote-unquote, retirement benefits. That guy was vice president because Lula and PT entered a cynical partnership with him, and he became vice president. And then he led the coup along with Geraldo Alckman and removed Dilma from office. During that time... My husband was vehemently denouncing that coup. I formed a media outlet to denounce the coup. Ciro was one of the leading opponents of that coup. And the person that Lula is about to embrace and put on the ticket and make the second most powerful person in the country also was one of the leaders of that coup. And he has spent his entire life in servitude to banks and international capital. So you have this party that has spent two decades in an alliance with pro-oligarchs and neoliberals, and then the defenders of this party have the audacity to accuse other people of being ideologically incoherent. I agree with a lot of your criticism of the PDT. Ciro went to war with members of his party who were supporting this reform of the Previdencia and reform of retirement benefits. He tried to kick out of his own party the people who supported these austerity measures. But Lula has been in bed with those people for decades and is about to embrace one of them as his vice presidential running mate. David said in his letter, neither PDT nor PSALT nor PT are perfect. They all have serious imperfections. And so you have to pick which path you think you can best do your politics on in order to in order to in order to have your voice heard and be able to do the politics that you believe in. But how can you accuse David of doing something that's opportunism when he's abandoning the most the strongest faction by your own reckoning and going to a candidate in a party that is way behind in the polls? You only do that out of conviction, not out of opportunism. Well, Brian's having some uh, technical difficulties here. And kind of just missed all that, which is unfortunate because I thought that that was uh, pretty good. Um, so uh, I'm just I'm trying to get him back here. Glenn, I'm going to ask you if, if, if you could possibly condense that last. Uh, I know that was like five or seven minutes. Do you think it's possible for you to condense that into like two minutes just so that Brian can kind of respond to the point that you were making? Yeah, sure. So, uh, first of all, I was saying that the critique that I'm making of PT is not one that's just confined to zero. It's the, principally, it's the critique of Esau, which is the longtime party of, of my husband, which Brian acknowledges was formed in opposition to what they perceived as, as Lula's neoliberalism. So 
the fact that I'm critiquing, that I'm voicing and supporting the critique of Lula from the left, that he's governed as a neoliberal in partnership with neoliberals, that he's about to embrace as the second most powerful politician in office, the ultimate servant of banks and uh, austerity, which obviously exacerbates that concern, doesn't mean I'm supporting zero. That's a, a that's a critique of peace all, which, if anything, is the party with which I've been most affiliated because my husband joined it back in 2014, and they were the party that led the march for asylum for Edward Snowden, for example. If any party, if there's any party that I've been affiliated with, it's that one. The second point I was making, Brian, was this accusation that you made about David leaving PSOL in order to go join PDT and support Ciro out of opportunism, when at the same time you're claiming that Ciro is this like loser fringe candidate that nobody trusts. I don't really think that gets you very far. It's like saying, well, Bernie Sanders lost. So I guess that means that, 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 that his critique, nobody really believed it wasn't really valid. After all, he lost to Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden. Ciro is not this fringe candidate. He was a governor. He was a minister in Lula's cabinet. He got 13% of the vote in 2018. Most polls show him at 7%, 8%, some even at 10 There's one poll that shows him at 3 But even if he's, if you're right that he's only at 3%, that he's this loser candidate that nobody likes, why would you accuse David of abandoning the most popular and the strongest faction in order to go to what you claim is a complete loser fringe party, which is something that you would never do out of opportunism. That's the opposite of opportunism. You would only do that out of conviction. All right, Brian, do you want to respond? Yeah. Okay, let's just remind everyone that Ciro Gomez was a right-wing governor. He was a member of a right-wing political party when he was in command of one of the most racist military police apparatus in Brazil, Ceará. Last year, Sarah's military police, 100% of the people they killed were black. Okay? He was governor a long time ago of that state, but he was in a right-wing party at the time. I didn't use the word loser to... You're putting words in my mouth. I didn't use the word loser to describe Sierra. I provided accurate polling data whose average uh, support level in the last four polls is around 5%, 2% margin of error. One puts them at 3, another puts them at 7, another puts them at 4. Average is about 5%. Uh, why does his candidacy matter? It's because he's being built up by international capital and international global elites, millionaire, the millionaire class. It's an Elizabeth Warren, Yahoo Paris style third path candidate in these elections. He's been negotiating with all of the right wing parties as well. You can't get elected president in Brazil without bringing a right-wing party into your coalition. That's a fact. No one's ever done it, ever, okay? But the, the whole point of his candidacy is not to win, it's to divide the left. And, uh, you know, you say you're only rehashing Pessoa's criticism of PT, but you went on this long explanation of how Ciro writes for the same magazine as you, Carter Capital, great magazine I've published there myself, okay? And you rehashed his criticism, not Pessoa's, of Lula, okay? So it just seems a little bit like mental gymnastics at this point. Glenn, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, first, look, I, I don't, people have criticisms of me. One criticism people generally don't have of me is that, like, I'm timid or shy about my views. If I were supporting Ciro, I would admit I were supporting Ciro. I like Ciro. I think he's smart. I think he has a lot of confidence. 
Go and look at the interviews I conducted with them. They're extremely adversarial because that's what I see my role as being. I spent three years or four years in Brazil being accused of a hard, being a hardcore PTista because I went all over the world denouncing the impeachment against Dilma, which had the support of 70% of the people. And then the next thing that I did was spend a year and a half of my life having to walk around in Brazil with armed security because the reporting that I did led to the freeing of Lula. So neither David nor I are enemies of PT or Lula or Dilma, quite the contrary. We have extremely good personal relationships with each of them and very good professional relationships with them as well. And the work that I've done in Brazil has been about largely to the benefit of PT. The problem is simply that the the governing strategy of Lula, the, the quote-unquote pragmatism that he uses, is one that I agree with PSOL, I agree with the leftist critics of Lula, I agree with Ciro, does not produce real left politics. It does produce some benefits for the poor, just like Elizabeth Warren's would, just like Joe Biden's Build Back Better would. That is what neoliberalism is. You make sure the rich keep the system that ensures that they are stay wealthy, the rich got way richer under Lula. And this idea that like international capital is supporting zero is the exact opposite of the truth. The establishment has coalesced around Lula, which is why he's going to Geraldo Alckman, because that's what gives him that establishment support. Alckman is from the party, PSDB. He did technically leave it two months ago, but he's been a member for forever. He's PSDB in his bones and his blood. That is the party that's the party of Globo, the party of the bourgeoisie, the party of the establishment. And this unity ticket, the, the, the best analogy I can think of for Lula choosing Geraldo Alckman as his vice president would be if Joe Biden picked Mitch McConnell or Paul Ryan. It's not like if Bernie Sanders had gotten the nomination and then picked like a centrist Democrat like Tim Kaine. It's not like that at all. The, the, the analog to Geraldo Alfman, the guy's who was about to pick, is, is Paul Ryan or Mitch McConnell. They're just like standard, classic, center-left, uh, austerity freaks who have been supported by banks and international capital their entire lives. They hate Bolsonaro because he's an embarrassment, the same reason that a lot of like establishment Republicans are embarrassed by Trump. Bolsonaro is a bridge way too far for any of them. But they're not in any way anything having to remotely to do with the left. Now, Ciro also tried to build a bridge to that camp. Ciro is also trying to do politics. Ciro wants to win the election, just like Lula wants to win the election. So, it, like I said, I don't, I'm not saying Ciro is this uh, savior of the left, nor am I saying that Lula is this like villain. Lula did do a lot of good things during his presidency. The problem is, is that the kind of politics Lula does is status quo preserving. And David, speaking for him, not for me, believes that supporting Ciro and going to PDT and renovating the legacy of Brizola, which you correctly described as like this legend of the left, Brizola built the public schools that served the favelas where David grew up. David went to school at a school that Brizola built, that PDT built, that this party led the way in and fostering. That's what David is going in order to do is a new kind of politics that's separate from this hardcore pragmatism of PT. You can definitely disagree with it. But the claim that David has, like, abandoned his socialist politics or become this, like, I don't know, third-way centrist, you know that's fucking bullshit. 
There are let me, a, let lot, me just, of, there are a let, lot of left wing critics of Lula. Can, I, a lot of can I answer now that you're swearing at me? Okay. Uh, the, uh, yeah. First of all, you have a very weak knowledge of what neoliberalism is. back better if it had been implemented the way Biden presented it, it was an example of Keynesianism, not neoliberalism. You have a very rudimentary. Neoliberalism is not just, oh, the poor get uh, less poor and the rich get richer. That's not what neoliberalism is. It's based on monetarist economic dogma, and it involves the kind of austerity conditionalities that Brazil was tied to for the first two years of Lula's government. He was tied. He couldn't increase uh, funding for health and education because of the conditionality agreements and the IMF loans that were made by Fernando Henrique Cardoso at a time when Ciro Gomes was in Cardoso's party. Okay? So that's why Juan Paulo Stegley from the MST, for example, he considered Lula's government and many other left thinkers in Brazil considered his government to be a kind of hybrid of how it prebish, self-infertile, in English, which is a kind of tropical Keynesianism, with some elements of neoliberalism which were necessary to avoid being crude. No, no party's ever taken power in Brazil coalition with these right-wing parties that are hold over from the dictatorship. And I didn't say that Sir is the candidate of international capital to win the election. He's a Yaku Perez-style candidate of international capital to divide the left, which is what you're doing, bringing up all of these factually questionable criticisms of the PT years during an election year and praising Ciro Gomez, like you are again. You're using the space in this program to campaign for Ciro Gomez. Let me let, let, Wait, let me just know, say one thing. Just just before. Can I just say? Oh, can I? Okay, go yeah, go ahead. One quick point. Of course. Yep. It, it is. It is actually. It's genuinely bizarre. This critique. You're dividing the left in an election year. This is what Hillary Clinton and like Neera Tanden in the DNC say about people who vote for. Jill Stein or Bernie Sanders, you're dividing the left. Yes, Hillary Clinton's not perfect, but she's our best chance to defeat fascism. In Brazil, it's even more rational. There are 28 parties. There's a first round and a second round of voting. The left has always had the liberty to vote for the person they think is the best person in the first round. Obviously, if Ciro face, if, if Lula faces Bolsonaro or Lula faces Moro in the second round, David is going to support Lula like he's always done, like Pisol has always done. But this rhetoric of like, oh, my God, you're dividing the left by supporting the candidate you think is better. This is like DNC rhetoric deployed against the left. Well, let's, let's just, Brian, just, Brian, just, just before. Just, just before you respond. You refused to interview her dad in 2018 when he was running for president. So you weren't that friendly with the people in 2018. I asked him, I asked him that a hundred times. I interviewed Lula in 2018. We had a request in to interview Lula in the courthouse and it got denied. We wanted to interview Lula and Haddad. The court blocked Lula and Haddad didn't answer. I did interview Lula in okay, 2018. The Supreme Court okay. allowed it. Okay. So uh, the question, the question that I have, Glenn, and this is just kind of going off of what you were saying before. If, What's what's the difference between what you're saying is like this pragmatism from Lula and this and and joining a party like the PDT? Uh, well, not joining. Sorry, uh, you know, a PDT's approach where you have like you know thirty percent of the actual party itself 
taking these right wing uh, positions. Like what, 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 how are those two different? I mean, aren't they both kind of pragmatic centrist approaches? And yes, I'm, yes, I'm just kind of curious yes. as, to, as to what the difference is. Yes, yes. Neither party is a, neither Ciro nor Lula nor PT nor PDT are perfect representations of left-wing socialism. They're definitely not even like Jeremy Corbyn, who, you know, is probably my favorite politician because of his refusal to make compromises even as he got close to power. Both Lula and Ciro are much more cunning and like politically flexible politicians. The reason that David feels like PDT is a better path is because Lula has already demonstrated how he governs. It is a very kind of stagnant, status quo, perpetuating form of governance. The fact that he's joining hands with Altman signifies he intends to do that even more than ever before. There's this sense that just like there was with Trump, that we have to get rid of Bolsonaro and return to normalcy, stabilize Brazil and the international markets, whereas Ciro is a more outsider kind of candidate, not in terms of how he has lived his life. He's been in politics all his life, but in terms of his mentality, in terms of his personality. And the, the important thing for David is that everyone believes Lula is going to win. The important thing for David is that opposition to Lula comes not only from the Bolsonaro right, but that there's a healthy, vibrant opposition to Lula once he wins from the left, which joining with PT and subsuming yourself under PT will basically ensure doesn't happen, whereas Ciro is definitely going to be a bulwark against Lula, whether he wins or not. That's David's thinking and his strategy. Brian, do you want to respond to that question that I had? Yeah, I, I will. First of all, it's a, it's a false equivalency to associate PDT with, PD, with PT in terms of pragmatism, because the two examples, clear examples I gave, the impeachment and the neoliberal deep austerity retirement reforms, 100% of PT Congress people opposed both of those measures. 30% of PDT supported both of those measures. It's a false equivalency. And we've also made some false equivalencies with the PSDB party, which after all is the Social Democratic Party of Brazil. Now, it's true. They created the anti-PTism. Fernando Henrique Cardoso was a Clintonian disaster. Nevertheless, I've lived for the last 15 years in a state that's been governed by PSDB the entire time, and former PSDB uh, ex-governor of Sao Paulo, Geraldo Altman, believes in free universal access to public health and public education. I can't afford health insurance. I go to the doctor all the time in the free public clinics that were set up by the PSDB during the last 20 years of governing this city. So there's a little bit of nuance that's been missed with these false equivalencies you're trying to make between, like, Lula and Hillary Clinton and me and uh, the DNC, you know, <laughs> making these justifications to vote for Biden who I didn't vote for, you know. Uh, so there's, there's a lot of nuance here. Uh, as me and Professor Sean Mitchell and Brian Pitts pointed out in an article we wrote last year criticizing Jacobin's soul-heavy coverage of PT during the coup period, uh, it's a common false equivalency of U.S. analysts to make these comparisons with the Democratic Party in which Lula represents the Democrats, Democratic elites, uh, when it's ridiculous because he's a la former labor union leader. There's never been a former labor union president in the Democratic Party, all right? It's a common mistake. It's, it's a form of stringing together mind-stopping cliches that affects the minds of people who don't know much about Brazil, but it's, there's too much nuance there. That's not the case. 
in any of those comparisons, not between the PT and PDT and pragmatism, not between uh, referring to Ciro Gomez as a Yaku Perez-style candidate whose main goal is to split the left and drive the election to a second term so the international right can rally behind Bolsonaro. None of that holds water. Even PSDB and the Democrats doesn't. Hey, Brian, I have two questions for you. Uh, just quick questions. Uh, first of all, you were, you were very critical of, of the police under Ciro's governorship in Sarah 20 years ago. How do you feel the police performed in Sao Paulo under the four terms that Altman was the governor of Sao Paulo? Pretty good. They're pretty good to black people and poor people. The Sao Paulo police, thumbs up. Well, that's a good question, man. One other quick question. That's a good question. Thank you for asking. Okay, guys, 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 guys. I have another quick question. Okay, yes. Go ahead, Brock. Go uh, go ahead, Glenn. Sorry. Tell, Tell the room who financed PT over the last 20 years. Where did the financing of PT and Lula's campaign come from? One, thank you for asking about the police. I've lived both in Rio de Janeiro, which has a long legacy of PDT governors, which uh, has never had a PT governor. The governor's controlling the military police. Average police murders per year, around 1,800 in the state of Rio de Janeiro. Sao Paulo also has horrible military police. I'm not going to defend them. But Sao Paulo has over twice the population of Rio de Janeiro. And not only are the murders committed by police much lower than they are in Rio de Janeiro, numbering in the hundreds per year, the low hundreds, maybe 180 last year. If you control for race, the racial discrepancy is much lower. They're still racist. I'm not saying they're not. But I would favorably compare them to the military police in Rio de Janeiro. And I've lived eight years in Rio. Uh, 12 years in Sao Paulo, nine years in the Northeast, I've lived in, Sal- in Maranhão, uh, Recife in Salvador, and most of the time in poor communities with a lot of contact. I know people who were killed by the police. You know, I've seen, I saw an off-duty policeman light a homeless person on fire once. So I've got a long experience. I've seen people get shot by the police before. And that's my analysis of that. As far as campaign financing, I don't know. Uh, I know there's multiple donors, but there's also very restrictive, there were restrictive limits to how much could be donated until the coup when they started opening up more. It doesn't compare with like U.S. donors. It doesn't compare with how much Rupert Murdoch can donate to a Republican in the United States or something like that. But, you, but well, first of all, I don't know why you mentioned Rio. Rio hasn't been governed by PDT in, since 20 years ago, the last... PDT governor of, of Rio de Janeiro was Garachino, who was done in 2002. But, I mean, if you ask anyone on the left what they think of the Sao Paulo police under Alckmin, the person who was about to make the second most powerful politician in Brazil, they'll tell you that it's an incredibly violent, brutal, racist police force that Alckmin presided over. He, like, unleashed them on, like, the, the homeless uh, labor all kinds of protests he just like would send the military police the civil police into just completely maul people and pt has been funded you didn't really answer by the biggest corporations in brazil oas odebrecht all the people who got caught up in a corruption scandal who yes the prosecutors and the judges were very corrupt that's what my reporting shows but so were a lot of the corporations that have been funding PT for the last 20 years. Millions and millions of dollars pouring into the coffers of PT and Lula 
in the last 20 years from the most gigantic corporations in the country. And they got their money's worth because they did very well under his government, which is why they're coalescing now behind Lula and Alkman. So it's just not the idea that like PT is like this real leftist move. No, no one believes that, which is why there's so much left wing opposition to Lula. And yes, people want Bolsonaro out so badly that they're going to coalesce behind Lula. I have very little doubt that Lula's going to win. That's the reason, though. It's because of the anti-Bolsonaro sentiment. People are desperate to get Bolsonaro out, and Lula's clearly the best choice. But to present Lula and PT as this kind of like pure left-wing project, when they've had nothing but establishment support from every direction for so long, is amazing. And then the final thing I'll say is, it's going to be bizarre. For the last 20 years, PSDB, which is Altman's party until very recently, has been the party that ran against PT in every election. Every four years, PT will say, PSDB wants to murder your babies. They want to starve your kids. They're fascist. They're racist. Now, suddenly, that Lula wants to put them on the ticket, suddenly now, oh, no, they're really nice people. They believe in, like, universal health care. They're really not that bad. They're aren't as racist as other other states. Just go and look what PT has been saying about PSDB for the last 20 years and about Altman. And now that Lula wants to embrace him and be his vice president, now suddenly, oh no, they're really nice guys. They're basically just like Joe Biden. I mean, it's a complete rewriting of history. Um, let me step in here because you're lying through your teeth. PT is not forming a coalition with PSDB. You're lying, Glenn. PT is not forming a coalition with PSDB. With stop lying. Also, stop giving misinformation about the Lava Jato investigation that your own former employer, the billionaire Pierre Omidras publication, Intercept, worked hard to debunk. Now you're pulling up Lama Jot information about mysterious uh, corporate campaign donors for PT? You just, now you just, you called me a pathological liar. You the don't think party, the left opposition, the left opposition that you talk about as being so grand and huge. You don't think Hey, Glenn. Come on. Go ahead, y'all. 500,000 votes in the last presidential election, Glenn. This one has 212 million people. 500,000 votes for Jeremy Bolas doesn't constitute a huge left opposition to the PT. Okay? Now you're just making stuff up. This might fly with people who don't live in Brazil. Some of them are actually living. And I didn't say that the military police of Sao Paulo is good. Stop putting words in my mouth, too. Can I ask you, Odebrecht and OAS, the, com- the corporations that I said... The companies were, that were bankrupt in 2015? Are they corrupt? By Lava Jaffa? 4.7 million job losses? I'm asking you if Odebrecht and OAS, the two corporate giants that have poured gigantic sums of money into PT and Lula, if they're corrupt. Are they corrupt, those two corporations? It's irrelevant. They're bankrupt. The Lava Jaffa operation bankrupted them. Were they Alex corrupt? and Marcel, the corrupt? U.S. law firm, has overseen their restructuring. Were they the corrupt? U.S. DOJ worked with Lava Java to bankrupt them to open up space for even more corrupt construction companies like Halliburton in Brazil. Were That's OAS, what happened. Are, were OAS, you bring up these skeletons from the past, but you know, like if you look at how Lava Java really went down, it's kind of disgusting to see using Lava Java uh, rumors and hearsay to attack. 
Leo from a position that you say is from the left, but you're a Fox News commentator. So I'm, and a millionaire, so I'm not sure if you're really on the left. Okay, we're guys. O- so, we're, so, we're OAS, so, I just want to know. I really need an answer. Were OAS and Odebrecht corrupt? These corporations are they corrupt? These billionaire corporations that were they? Are they corrupt or not? That's a cliche. I would say every construction company that operates in a capitalist system is corrupt. It's one of the, according to the World Bank, it's one of the five most corrupt industries in the world. But these national construction industries in Brazil are a lot less corrupt than the predatory U.S. companies like Halliburton who are allowed to come in after the United States DOJ worked together with the Lava Jato Task Force to bankrupt Brazil's five largest corruption companies, construction companies, by freezing all of their operations during the lead-up to the 2016 coup, greatly exacerbating what CEPR and Mike, Mark Weisbach called a minor recession that had initially been caused by a miscalculation of the sell rate by Guido Montega. Did so, OAS and Is anything corrupt in, in the capitalism? Every business is corrupt. Fox News is incredibly corrupt. Intercept is corrupt. Everything is corrupt in capitalism. I agree. Did, o- did OAS and Odebrecht bribe politicians? Did OAS and Odebrecht I'm not going into a conversation with you based on Lama Jaco. That's a Sergio Moro question, Glenn. No, I'm not. I don't, know, I don't have enough information about that. The information that question that's from Lama Jaco. Okay, I think I think I think that this this line look this this line of conversation is is a dead end. Okay, obviously we're not going to come to any kind of agreement on even the terms of the debate here. Okay, so uh, but also what I'll say is that we're already a little over time, so I just kind of want to give each of you a chance to just kind of say your piece um, and maybe if if we can try to get it to the point where we're, we're not kind of turning it into like questions and attacks again. We're just kind of like staying our peace and, and just end it there. All right. So uh, 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 Glenn, go ahead. And then and Brian will give you the last word. Sure. So my soul, uh, the sole provocation for my uh, being at all angry was the fact that there was a tweet posted that lots of people, including obviously Owen saw that formed their impressions about what my husband did that contained a claim about me that I think Brian is now acknowledging as false which I hope he'll either delete or not just say in this room of 30 people was false, but on his own Twitter feed was false, which is that my husband announced I was supporting zero. The claim that I'm supporting zero independent is completely false. I'm not supporting any of the candidates. I'm working as a journalist covering the election. There definitely are things that zero says that I agree with. There are lots of things that Lula and Gilma say that I agree with. I'll remind everybody in this room that a year ago I almost went to prison because of the reporting that I did that would free Lula from prison. The only reason why people like Brian get to even support Lula as opposed to crying over the fact that he's in jail is because I spent 18 months of my life doing reporting that got him out of prison. The second point that I'll make is that, you know, anyone can say stuff in, in all of these rooms. So if you're interested in knowing how PT actually governed, Go and read about, there's there's a, a great uh, article in the Washington Post by Alex Quadras, who's a journalist who has spent many years in Brazil, about why even the left and members of PT began abandoning PT in 2016 during the impeachment when huge numbers of people who previously voted for PT supported the impeachment of Dilma. I did not support the impeachment of Dilma, 
But what it basically says is it goes through this Washington Post article by Alex Quadras, C-U-A-D-R-O-S. It goes through all of the ways that both Lula and Dilma violated their own rhetoric and Lula's background as a union leader by serving the richest sectors of society, by doing things like cutting down huge portions of the Amazon to build a gigantic hydroelectric dam that caused Lula's environment minister to quit in protest and then run against Dilma as president Marina Silva about the ways in which Lula and Dilma enacted very authoritarian laws like an anti-terrorism law that could easily be used to criminalize social movements and protest movements. And many on the left were really fearful about this law. Huge numbers of ways that Lula and Dilma joined hands with the banking and the oligarchical industry. Brian is right in some of his critiques of Ciro. I fully acknowledge that. Ciro is far from a perfect left-wing leader. But my husband and his career have been fully in defense of left-wing values. And you can disagree with his tactical judgment that PDT and Ciro is a better place for him to do the politics to which he's devoted his life. But the idea that it's like opportunism or him moving to the right makes no sense if you believe, Brian, that Ciro is a failed candidate and is likely to, to lose because there's no opportunism possible in joining Ciro. The only reason why you would do that is out of conviction, and that is why David did it. In contrast, I have not. I'm not supporting any of the candidates. I intend to interview Ciro. I'm sure I'll interview Lula. I'll probably interview Bolsonaro. And I'm going to interview all of the candidates like I always do whenever I can each year that they say yes. All right. Thank you, Glenn and Brian. Yeah, once again, putting words in my mouth. Interesting that he would bring up the coup normalizer, Alex Quadverse. I suggest everyone check out his 2017 New Yorker article, published only a few months before Lula was arrested, calling Lula's arrest the most important arrest in Brazilian history. Cheerleading for Lula's what we all know now to have been an obvious kangaroo court proceeding, which even Glenn has admitted was designed to remove him from the election and deliver the elections to Bolsonaro. In October 2017, Glenn gave an award on stage to Chief Lava Jato Prosecutor Dalton Dalidmo, praising the courage of the Lava Jato team, despite months earlier the fact that it was exposed that he had illegally wiretapped Lula's defense lawyers for 30 days, something that would have caused immediate disbarment of the judge who authorized it, in this case, Sergio Moore, and any other country in the world. And this was a year, more than a year after they had wiretapped a standing president, Dilma, and their conversation with Lula and released it to the press. But he was still praising them in October 2017, which is why I think he's still bringing up these Lava Jaffa style arguments. And finally, the big lie. Lula was released from prison due to the actions of his defense team. Only after the Supreme Court turned over all of the operation spoofing leaks, telegram conversations, to the defense team, the hacker Wagner Delgadi, who's now facing 300-year prison sentence, complained that Glenn only wanted three people. He praised Glenn's courage, which I do as well, for accepting the tiny amount that he accepted. But he said that he only, uh, he was disappointed that Glenn only accepted to receive 3% of the data. After the data was received, it took over a year for the intercept to release, after Glenn had even left the, the, the paper, 
released the story about the constant every 15-day meetings with 18 members of the FBI held with the Lava Jato Task Force that went on for five years. The U.S. Inform the information from Operation Spoofing was released homeopathically to generate clicks if it had all been turned over to the public like Julian Assange would have done. Maybe that would have influenced Lula getting out of prison earlier. As the case turned out, he was only released from prison after the Supreme Court had seized all of the data and turned it over to Lula's defense team. But the argument that was approved by the Supreme Court had been submitted before the leaks came out. So you have to be very careful listening to what he claims about different things. And I, I do think it's a glaring omission that in 2018 he didn't interview Fernando Haddad. And, you know, I also, that's all I really I have to say. I, mean, I, I think anyone who's listened to this podcast can realize that he's supporting Ciro Gomez. I mean, it's laughable now that he would even make the assertion that he's not supporting Ciro Gomez after rehashing all of his conspiracy theories and uh, arguments and attempts to kind of like present himself as being a leftist uh, from his actual, you know, from his campaign for the last year. So, that, and also uh, one final thing, the subgroup of PESOL party that David Miranda used to belong to is called the Mets. The leader, Luciano Gendo, publicly supported Lava Jato and publicly supported the impeachment of Dilma Rousseff until the party base ordered her to be quiet and retract her statements in 2016. Okay. So it's important. Yeah. To, yeah. So that's all I'm going to say. All right. Well, you know? look, I. I if you want me to say something on. I already said publicly on Twitter I should have read that tweet differently. It's up on your some comments you made, but I'll put that up on that tweet thread as well. Okay. Well, uh, this has been a an interesting conversation. And I'd like to thank you both uh, for joining us and for talking. I know that there are a couple other callers on the call and I actually cannot take you guys, unfortunately, cause I, I do have to run. Um, but again, uh, Glenn, Brian, both of you, thank you very much. And, and, and thanks for, uh, you know, for keeping this, uh, pretty respectful. I know that things got a little heated a couple times, but I think that for the most part, this was a pretty, a pretty, uh, productive conversation. So I'd like to thank you both for that. I'd like to thank everybody for listening and, uh, and we'll see you, uh, on Thursday. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Owen, for doing this. Appreciate the, the invite. Thanks. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Bye, Gun. -bye. Bye,